while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Kim Driscoll, candidate for lieutenant governor. She's actually coming in earlier. We might start that interview in just a, a few minutes. She's on her way here running a, ahead of schedule, which which is fine. Hey, that's the best thing, Mike. Oh, yeah, sorry. Wrong mic. <laughs> so that's the best thing is when a candidate's running early. That's what you want in a candidate. Particularly when they're coming from Salem. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I spent, I spent uh, a few nights in Salem. When my uh, when my kidneys failed, and uh, there was not not enough beds at the uh, manger here in uh, New Bedford, they um, they sent me to Salem. Oh, and uh, I found the hospital to be very uh, not that Kim Driscoll has anything to do with it, but I found the hospital to be very uh, very nice. The people there were very nice. She might have. She's been there since two thousand five. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a municipal hospital. It's a, um, but still, look, the people up there were very nice. It. What? <laughs> Just she'll take credit. Oh for yeah, it. <laughs> she'd be happy to take credit. For it. But boy, you know. So prior to this interview, Marcus, I. Um, I went to her website. I was looking through. I found it to be very impressive. Yeah. Right? No, I agree. She's got a lot of support. Um, she's got a lot of support from Beacon Hill, which is interesting because both of her opponents are from Beacon Hill. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, Ron Ma- Speaker Ron Mariano endorsed her. I don't know if Spilka State did Rep. Yet. Chris, Chris Markey. Chris Markey endorsed her. Right. That's right down here. Um, so I think, she, I think Bill Strauss, I believe so. Yeah. I could be wrong. Go to her website and check. But she right. has... Both progressives and I would say the more moderate members of the, of the uh, Democrat Which Party. Which is what you need to win. You absolutely do, right? And um, I like her slogan that mayors get things done. Yeah. And I think that, assuming it'll be her and Helio, I don't think that's an assumption actually, right? If, if it is her, if she gets a lieutenant governor's nod, mm-hmm. it will be Healy. Um, that really be, would be a balanced ticket for it, the Democrats. Well, yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting is... Experience-wise. It, it'll be the first... Yeah, because... We, we, I agree because it's usually usually you get the the LGs from Western and Central Massachusetts and the governors from the Boston area, right? You look at Murray and Patrick and and uh, Baker and Polito, even Weldon Salucci wasn't Salucci from uh, Salucci was from the West, well, from from uh, the middle of the state. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. You should get Central and Mass, but but still, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and. Uh, you know that's an interesting race, the lieutenant governor's race, but she's running. She's running ahead. It looks like in in the polling, she's also, uh, I'm pretty sure, running ahead in the fundraising. She's definitely she's running way ahead in the endorsements. I remember I talked to her just uh, three four months ago, and she had, I think at that time, like 120 municipal uh, endorsements from municipal official elected officials. So she's running on like a. Uh, you know, like a a municipality centered centered type of ticket, centered right. type of ticket. You know, she also had a role in the Mass Municipal Association. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which again gives you a real look at every other community around the around the state. Yeah, uh, because that that's a group of, of, of local elected officials who or get like together. town managers. You yes. know, they actually loan town managers out to people uh, if they need it, like interim town managers. Right. Yeah. So, so I mean, you you really get a sense of things like pension reform, things like the the uh, the marijuana uh, laws, things like that. All that stuff that, that at, the, at the lower level affects the cities and towns. And um, so I think that that's a good, that's a real good qualification. You know, the other part too is she's not from Boston, right? You know, let's actually take a break. She's here now. Oh, good, good. We'll be back, folks. Yes, we're here with Chris, and we're here with uh, Salem Mayor Kim Driscoll, candidate for lieutenant governor. Mayor Driscoll, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, So. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you want to uh, how you can get on the program. Um, but uh, Mayor Driscoll, before we get started, um, if you want to just uh, introduce yourself to the audience and tell us why you're running for lieutenant governor. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I'm Kim Driscoll. I've been the mayor in Salem for the last 16 years. Really excited about the work that we've done at the local level in my community, but also know the importance of having a really strong state partner and hoping as the next lieutenant governor to be able to really lean into the work that our communities really rely on. I think local government's the most important branch of government in your communities, and that really impacts your daily life, educating your kids, keeping your neighborhood safe, investing in those places where you make memories. But I also know how critical it is to have state resources, tech technical dollars, sometimes getting the state out of the way if we really want our communities to be successful. And I'm hoping as a lieutenant governor to be a strategic ally to our community leaders. I know what it's like on the trenches working in City Hall, uh, both in Salem prior to that in Chelsea. And I think I can be a strong partner for our community leaders impacting the quality of life in a really positive way. What do you think distinguishes you from your opponents in the primary? You know, for me, I think it's the executive experience. When you're mayor, like the buck stops with you. You've got to balance budgets. I've managed a city through a recession, through COVID, both response and recovery. And there's just no hiding when you are in a job like this. You're honored and blessed to be able to make decisions for people who rely on you, neighbors, friends, who you are going to see the next day. So it tends to make you a better listener, makes you more accountable. I like to say it's part of like the get stuff done branch of government because uh, there's no Republican or Democratic pothole. There's just a pothole. You got to fix it. You got to address problems. And I think that's a skill set and a sense of urgency um, that is needed on Beacon Hill. So looking forward to being the next partner to our governor to get stuff done for communities. So, Mayor Driscoll, you, um, you, you have a slogan in your campaign that says, mayors get things done. Yep. Um, the South Coast is very similar to Salem in the sense that we're both far away from Boston and we are as um, our own economies, right? Um, how has the train impacted your community, and what should we expect down here in South Coast with the train inevitably coming? Yeah, you know, I'm so glad you asked that question. Salem has the number one stop in the commuter rail system currently with yeah. the MBTA. Highest ridership comes out of our community. And so it was a key part of our growth. You know, if you could live by the train and work in Boston, you can get to and from the city very easily. We have express trains that get you into Boston in less than 30 minutes. We also have a city-owned ferry, I should say, that the city bought because we know the importance of getting people to to and from Boston uh, is not just about uh, commuters, but visitors and tourists and other folks who want to come. So I, I hope in addition to train service, we are talking about a water transportation network, something that a number of the communities in the South Coast could benefit from. But rail has helped support growth. Rail also means that people want to move to your community, so uh, that also impacts prices of housing right. uh, in, in terms of affordability levels. So it's it's a it's a terrific thing to have. Like we, we need more rail access, we need better rail access. We want to have rail access that supports folks getting to school and work and medical appointments and all the things that you need to do in life. We also want to make sure we're mindful of what those impacts could mean in your community and plan for it. 
So, uh, Mayor Driscoll, you've come on under fire recently from one of your opponents for um, uh, allegedly uh, taking uh, Republican donor money or be, uh, going to a fundraiser uh, held by a Republican donor. Um, what is your response to that? Yeah, I have no idea what they're talking about. I read a story in the Globe that that talked about an organization that was being set up to help me. There's no coordination, no collaboration. We've just really been leaking into the work. Uh, when you're running a campaign and running a city statewide, you don't have a lot of time to do anything but lean into that work, uh, trying to get to as many places as we can. We've been here in this community and many others, you know, throughout the last several months, listening to what's happening on the ground, working to identify solutions and cha- in ways that we think these challenges can be met, and make sure people know what's at stake. We've got an important election. I think we're heading into some choppy waters you know everything's costing more people are having a much more difficult time affordable affording housing everywhere and really want to work in, on those issues and challenges how do you say uh how do you see your um because more healy's obviously the only candidate that's going to come out of the democratic primary how do you see um your relationship with a governor healy as lieutenant governor yeah, I think it's really positive. You know, we've got a couple of things already in the hopper. One, we're both college hoop players. So, uh, you know, we're just going to play a game of horse in November for the whole thing in my mind. Um, but I do feel like we've worked together over the last several years. I certainly urged her to run. I think she has brings strong executive chops, has been a strong leader as AG. Um, and I think our skill sets complement each other. I've been working sort of at the local level, in the trenches, working on issues at schools and housing and, you know, trying to bring uh, economic development to your community. She's been working at a statewide level on important policy issues, values that we know are even more critical, uh, seeing what's happening uh, across uh, across the Commonwealth and, and certainly across the country. So I, I feel like we bring a strong skill set. And frankly, in January, whoever is elected, like we own the transportation woes, we own the housing woes, we own the child care gaps. It's going to be critical that we have a combination of executive experience. There's no time for on-the-job training. And as someone who doesn't deal with things in the abstract, you know, we've expanded child care in my community. We have addressed additional transportation options. We have worked to strengthen housing. That is going to be critical. We don't solve any of these challenges in the Commonwealth without action on the ground in communities. And that's a language I love and one that I speak. So, Mayor Driscoll, um, building off Marcus's question, it's a little early maybe, but have you started to think about what portfolio you'd like to have in, in a Healy administration? You know, it's it's definitely early, but we know what the current lieutenant governor is doing and the one prior, right? There's been a strong push for the lieutenant governor to be the key liaison to cities and towns. We saw that with both Lieutenant Governor Murray, the former mayor of Worcester, Lieutenant Governor Polito has been everywhere. You know, a lot of communities relied on her as the key person in their key contact uh, with state government. So I think that really needs to continue. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you chair the governor's council, an important role for judicial appointments. There's a, a vetting process with the judicial nominating committee, but the governor's council is the backstop. And that's a critical role. You also chair what's called the Local Government Advisory Council and the Seaport Council. So there's some formal roles that, you know, that are required of this job. And then after that, it's sort of duties is assigned. And I always think of leadership as just not a solo sport. I know that myself as the mayor of a city with a $175 million budget and over 1,200 employees. Like, it's never one person. You rely on a strong team around you. And I hope to be part of that strong team and be willing to take duties as assigned uh, and, and take that seriously. We're speaking with Mayor Driscoll of, of Salem. So, Mayor, the um, the campaign so far has been pretty good. Right? I mean, I, I really think that everyone's been pretty high high above the board. But you're going to go into the next phase with the Republicans. Why do you think you are better than the Republicans to run the state of Massachusetts? 
You know, as I mentioned earlier, when you're in local government, it's very much nonpartisan, high accountability, and people are relying on you to deliver services. Some of these are vital services when you think about, you know, plowing roads, delivering water and sewer, educating your children. And in my estimation, we do that at the local level in a very nonpartisan way. You know, as I said, no Republican or Democratic pothole. You've got to deliver services. And in this Commonwealth, I think we've been blessed to show that we care about people. We are not a state. Now, there's no legal distinction between state or Commonwealth when we use that term. But a Commonwealth comes from, you know, the, the idea of this is a common purpose, that we come together as residents, as communities to support each other. And I feel like that's a value that I have as someone who wasn't fortunate enough to be born and brought up in in Massachusetts. I'm a Navy brat. My dad grew up in Lynn. My mom is from Trinidad. You know, I bring a great deal of thankfulness for being in the Commonwealth and wanting to make this place better. We're speaking with uh, Salem Mayor uh, Kim Driscoll, candidate for Lieutenant Governor. So you're an attorney. Uh, you, you talked about sitting on the Governor's Council. Um, what are you looking for in, because the Governor's Council handles, among a few things, judicial appointments. Mm-hmm. That's the primary function. What is your um, profile for what you think an ideal uh, judge is in the Commonwealth? You know, a couple things to consider about the governor's council and how the system works in Massachusetts. We have a judicial nominating committee. So before anything even comes to the governor's council, there is a whole group of people who are vetting candidates who apply for various positions. And the governor's council is the backstop. So then somebody comes out of that JNC, judicial nominating committee pool, and is presented to the governor's council by a governor making a recommendation that they want to make that appointment. So we're the backstop, right? The candidates have been primarily vetted. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not vetting them again and, you know, uh, really looking under the hood and kicking the tires. And as we think about the types of individuals that we want to have in these very important positions, obviously competence comes to mind. And I think reflection of our communities. We want to make sure I think about this when I'm appointing board and commission members is the profile of our community reflected in the people that are serving in these roles. And how do we ensure that we're really tracking that and understanding, Okay, um, do we have too many prosecutors and not enough defense counsel? Do we have too much defense counsel? Do we have folks who bring an important lived experience to these roles? And there are different judicial appointments that, um, that you know, may warrant higher uh, attention to those issues. If you're a district court judge, that's different than somebody who might be serving in the SJC or a clerk of an appointment, a clerk, you know, who brings experience from working on the ground. Those are all appointments that need to be uh, vetted and then also approved by the governor's council. I think the governor's council could also operate in a more open and transparent way. I think that's really critical as we move forward. It's been described as the most important commission nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, it's true. I think that's apt. How do we change that? How do we change that narrative so people know, hey, what's on the docket, what we're doing? Meetings are live-streamed and made available. We've seen since COVID, if there's a silver lining to that, you know, the ability to have more public meetings available online via Zoom our public participation increased like 350%. You know, parents didn't have to hire a babysitter to come to a school committee meeting. You know, you could put on a load of laundry or enjoy a glass of wine right. while watching a meeting, right. which might right. be the preferred way to watch some meetings. It, it made it easier for reporters, I can tell you exactly. that much. Exactly. Right? Yes. You could cover a lot more ground, right? So those are things that are here to stay. How do we celebrate that for the well, governor's council well, as well? Well, so I haven't. Now, granted, I haven't followed this in a little bit, but my understanding of the governor's council meetings is that they were uh, televised and remote until they lifted the COVID restrictions, and then they went back to not being televised, not being broadcasted. So uh, if that's still the case, as lieutenant governor, are you going to, and as as someone who presides over the governor's council, are you going to push to make those public again? They absolutely need to be televised. It's not that hard, right? I mean, you know, it's it's, it's a little tricky having a hybrid meeting, but we're not curing cancer. I'm pretty sure we can figure it out. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we can figure it out. Yeah. 
So uh, you were, um, I believe, a city solicitor under a community that went under receivership. I was hired as legal counsel after they came out of receivership. Okay, that that yeah. was it. Yeah. Um, so Chelsea, 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 Chelsea yes, yeah. Chelsea. So, um, do you uh, in that do you identify any communities now that you think might need to be under receivership? And if so, uh, how as lieutenant governor could you um, help them get out of it? Yeah, I don't think that we have anybody that is uh, certainly in the position that Chelsea was. Keep in mind, the last five mayors in Chelsea had gone to jail or lost their ticket right. to practice law. <laughs> yeah, the city right. could not, you know, make payroll. It was a community that was really down on its knees and had, frankly, years of sort of institutionalized bad habits. That corruption. Just, yeah, corruption the, I mean, as well. the whole police department was unbelievable. Yep. It's a little before your time, marks, but the Globe, every, every day, the Globe had stories on Chelsea. It was unbelievable. The city was on its knees, and so receivership is a last resort. Like you, you don't want to be in receivership. You right. know, I think there are sort of uh, you know phases with the Department of Revenue and other agencies at the state to try and prevent that. We saw Springfield was under you know Finance Control Board. You know Lawrence, the schools there. I mean they are in receivership, but they've also had Lawrence has been under you know a little bit more duress in the past. Um, and so I was hired when Chelsea was coming out of receivership, and I just want to like we talked about the city being down on its knees and how tough it was. Like what an amazing amount of grit and resilience in the people who live in Chelsea to overcome a receivership and to be in a position that I was as a new legal counsel to work with a strong team there that brought renewed investment, renewed accountability, renewed engagement. Like part of the reason cities go into into a situation like that is because there aren't people understanding government, how to navigate it, how to, you know, ensure that it's that we're holding government leaders accountable and that's completely changed you know chelsea transformed from being a mayor to a city manager and they have really worked hard to build engagement um still a a tough hard scrabble you know community but a place that um has seen just uh when it doesn't work and now seeing things work really well so mayor we have a, a large audience of police fire ems listening to us right now what has been your relationship in salem with the police and the fire and the ems and uh what's your view of that overall you know we're blessed and fortunate like so many community members to have hard-working public servants particularly our folks who are in public safety often on the front lines of some of the most challenging circumstances and situations so i'm really grateful for the work that they do um and we know that we've had some challenges within a community as a gateway city uh we want to make sure everybody feels safe respected and heard um and for us that means you know working to build that trust are you okay over there do i need to do the heimlich you're right we just were talking about public safety do we need to call Uh, 911 you're all right that's right okay good um, but as I was saying, you know, we've also, as a gateway city, know that we have um, a very diverse population who we not want to make sure feel safe, respected, and heard. Right. Um, and I think our police department has worked hard to build that trust. You can't have a community policing without community trust. Um, and that work, that's a two-way street, right? So we always have to, I like to say, you know, we're looking to continuously improve as a community. We don't pick up trash the way we did 10 years ago. We don't solve crimes the way we did 10 years ago. And we need to build that trust that is an ongoing relationship that we need to keep and uh, be willing to hold ourselves a mirror up to ourselves and be more accountable. So Mayor Driscoll is, you know, you're the mayor of Salem. Everyone thinks of Salem because of the Salem witch trials and you guys do a lot of great stuff. Are you going to bring it back? Right. <laughs> We're going to bring it back. Right? So the, um, we weren't so good to women in 1692. All right. <laughs> but, but the, um, the reality is you, you've taken your history and you've used it as a major way to, for economic development and tourism. I know so many people that come from this area around Halloween. They travel to Salem, right? They really love it. Um, of course, New Bedford's tried to do that with the whaling and all of that type of stuff, right? Of course, um, down the road in Fall River, we have Lizzie Borden, all of that type of stuff, right? People are using 
the history for their economic development. How would you use what you've learned in Salem to help the state of Massachusetts? You know, tourism is one of the third largest industries in the Commonwealth, but it doesn't always seem to get the respect as, you know, life sciences or, right. you know, making movies. There's other things that uh, we don't tend to think of the amount of resources that tourism means. And I can tell you in my community, um, we realized history was an asset, even of a notorious part of our history. So, sure. you know, the, the witch trials was not is not something that we hold up as uh, just fun and games. We want to make sure people also understand, you know, the lessons that, that, that we learned from that time. We have a Salem Award that's given out for human rights and social justice. We know the Salem witch trials led to modern day changes in our judicial system based on spectral evidence and things that obviously went wrong there. And Halloween is sort of a fun holiday. So we try to separate the two, sometimes more successfully than others. (laughs) But I do think the whole idea of communities having a story to tell Mm -hmm. and other people wanting to know it. Like New England is unique. Massachusetts is unique given our history. And I think we take it for granted. I think that we have an opportunity to invest in tourism, promotion and marketing um, that can make our communities really um, not only the envy to people who live there. It's great to live in a community where other people go to vacation, but frankly, to be part of an economic uh, strategy. When I go out west, Springfield's got the Basketball Hall of Fame. Like, we invented basketball. Right. We're a basketball player. Right. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. We're the home of Dr. Seuss. There's great ecotourism with, you know, hiking yeah. and trails. And how do we uh, lean into that with more dollars per promotion and marketing? In my community, we took half of our hotel motel tax dollars, which are generated by visitors, and put it back into promotion and marketing. That has generated people coming, staying longer. And we know if we can put heads in beds, as we say, folks are going to celebrate the economy economy a little bit more, they're going to spend more money. We need to take that strategy as a commonwealth, market, promote, tell our history, make those itineraries, really invest in destination marketing in a meaningful way. We've walked away from that. You know, we all have phones and can download something or look at Yelp. It's not the same as you telling your story, you promoting this commonwealth and the unique aspects that makes Massachusetts special. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Mayor Kim Driscoll, candidate for lieutenant governor. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris and Marcus here on WBSM. Download the. I'm Marcus. We're with Chris here. Um, you're getting high marks uh, from my mother, Mayor Driscoll, uh, for your uh, your <laughs> yep. performance tonight. So, um, hi, Marcus's mother. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Pam. So, Mayor Driscoll, uh, candidate for Lieutenant Governor, Mayor Kim Driscoll. Uh, so, um, what? Uh, so, speaking of mothers, um, you know, there's a recent decision uh, of uh, Dobbs that overturned Roe v. Wade. How do you think, as Lieutenant Governor or as the executive branch of the Commonwealth, uh, what can they do to help uh, protect reproductive rights? You know, how grateful are we to live in Massachusetts who right away said, you know, our governor, our legislature, our every leader in our commonwealth has really said, look, we want to be a place that's a beacon and a shining light that's going to stand up and make sure women have reproductive freedom, have abortion rights here, abortion rights or health care. We um, have, I think, really taken strong stances to make sure that we're helping other places and ensuring that. Uh, individuals who need abortion care can get it here and that we are going to stand up as a commonwealth and recognize that this is a basic fundamental freedom that we are not willing to give one inch on. And so we've strengthened, you know, our Roe Act here in a way that I think will ensure that we can be a place that can serve not only constituents from Massachusetts, but those coming from other states. And I'm really proud of that. Uh, So I think there's more work to do to make sure we're communicating that out, having the necessary funds to support our abortion care providers um, as they expect that they will see additional business 
basis. And I think communities are looking at what can we do. We're looking at, um, you know, setting up sort of Plan B um, uh, services, Plan, plan B prescription or, or, or drug availability within our community, making that easier, knowing that we're a tourist destination, that we're going to have folks coming from other places. Uh, so I, I think we're all looking to say, what can we do? You know, as a woman, if this is just been a really tough time you know i think we woke up and felt like the clock was turned back 50 years it's a combination of rage anger frustration and so we're all trying to lean into the work to make sure we're doing the right things here so um it, that's a very heavy topic right obviously but i think you handled it well the um one of the things on a, on a more fun note is um you talked about tourism, right? And we talked about one of the one of the major things in this state has now been the movie industry, right? Filming movies. And, and every year there is a question about whether to renew the tax credits for movie and things like that. Is that something you're focused on? Is that something you support? How do you feel about the movie industry as an economic development? Look, it's been great to have movies made in Salem. We have a film office. It was, you know, existing personnel that we said, look, when, when the scouts are, are and the production crews are looking for places, we need somebody to help coordinate that work. Uh, we, you know, we all love having celebrities in our communities. Sure. Right. Uh, we ensure that when Hollywood is coming to film things that they're shopping locally. You know, you're not going to bring in the food truck. You're working with our existing businesses to make sure we're getting as big a big bounce as possible. So I think overall it's been good. But like any tax credit, we should be looking at it, right? We should mm-hmm. be making sure that we're delivering um, the you know the return to Massachusetts, and I think that's what the legislature has tried to do, and I, w- I certainly support that as well. We've kept them in place. We have we have tax credits for life sciences. We have tax credits for a lot of industries, and there's nothing wrong. And they've been very positive uh, growth factors for us. But I think there's nothing wrong with like making sure that that's the case uh, every single opportunity that we have. Speaking of industry, uh, Salem has become, I believe, one of the leaders in uh, manufacturing for offshore wind, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, we have. A- a lot of development down here for offshore wind as well. Um, how, uh, as lieutenant governor, will you champion the offshore wind industry? You know, we know it's so important to our planet's future that we have, you know, clean energy. And I feel like so grateful to be mayor of a community that in 1950, like we welcomed a power plant to Salem, a coal-fired power plant. And I'm sure we were happy to have it. Jobs, tax revenues, big investment on a plot of land. And I also think there's probably a reason it didn't end up in Manchester by the sea or Marblehead Neck, right? There were places. It was next to the sewer plant in Salem. And now, you know, several years later, we know those standards don't exist. That coal-fired plant came down. That was our number one taxpayer, a big job producer. It was transformed into a gas-powered plant. So it is a natural, a natural, natural gas plant, most efficient natural gas plant in the country when it opened a few years ago. But it has a hard stop at 2050. And then on the same plot of land, we're going to be an offshore wind hub, marshalling a construction facility to service the offshore wind turbines, both off the coast of Martha's Vineyard down here and also hopefully in the Gulf of Maine as that area opens up. What an exciting industry. Literally within 16 years, we've gone from coal to gas and are on the precipice of an offshore wind, uh, you know, clean energy future for Massachusetts. The benefits of this are just astounding, not only for the climate, but for the economy. And it won't just benefit historic seaports like Salem and New Bedford and Fall River, but the supply chain, the opportunities to build out a stronger workforce, that's going to go well beyond, you know, our seaport communities. I think it's a huge, you know, potential here. Um, the, the wind in the Gulf of Maine has been called the Saudi Arabia of wind for the strength and the consistency of it um, and the ability to deliver I'm glad power. those are the reasons. 
Yeah, right. No kidding. Right, right Marcus? Yeah. Um, and so the opportunity to start a whole new industry here, it's going to take a public-private partnership. Anytime you start anything this big, the, the costs that are required. But I think the returns, not only in terms of the economy and the economic industries and jobs that will spin off, but also you know the opportunity to um, support a cleaner planet is going to position Massachusetts well. But it, there's a competition. Like New York, uh, North Carolina, other places are vying as well. So we've got to We've got to make sure we're prepared. So, Mayor Driscoll, people are listening right now. If they're impressed, I'm sure they are. How do they get more about you, uh, your information about you? Yeah, 13 days to go till the primary. Right. We're all working hard to maximize opportunities to connect with folks. You can go to kimdriscoll.org. That's our, our website. Campaigns are fun to get involved. There's an easy way to connect uh, if you have further questions or want to help out. Uh, we're working hard, but also really enjoying it. A lot of marriages happen through campaigns, too. <laughs> That's you know, true. That That's true. Mind. A little matchmaking. I, I found a lot, of very, a lot of people I knew who I didn't realize had endorsed you on your list of endorsements. So I found that was kind of fun just going through a website and, and looking at all the people I knew that have endorsed you. I know. We, I know. Try uh, to keep it fresh. I, I know, uh, Council. Yeah. I, well, when I talked to you actually on my on my old show just a few months ago, you had a like you said a, about 120 municipal endorsements. Yeah. I imagine that list has grown. We're up to pretty, 300 uh, endorsements between uh, state officials, local officials. I'm really blessed. I think for the last 16 years, um, you know, I, I think people have seen the work, recognize the experience. And I'm grateful to have their support, really. I know our friend, uh, Council President in New Bedford, Ian Abreu, had endorsed you. And right. you went to his uh, his uh, One South Coast Chamber event at the Feast. What did you think of the Feast? Oh, my God. I will never miss the Feast again. <laughs> okay, it was good. awesome. That was right. going to be my next question. Oh, my gosh. Right. Dara Wine, hello. Yeah, right. no, had a great time. Ian was terrific. The Chamber is really active. I think people were so happy to have the Feast this year. Sure. Yeah. Put it back together. Um, and I, I just am grateful. I think it's a tradition in New Bedford that is fantastic. And really being able to... To show your heritage and uh, continue traditions like that are so important. Uh, I was grateful to be there, and we'll never miss it again. <laughs> okay, good. You know, you know, Marcus. One thing, Mayor, Mayor uh, John Mitchell asked us, the Mayor of New Bedford, to uh, to try to get as many candidates to come down as possible, right? To mm-hmm. be in studio. And I do think people have to give you a lot. Well, of What credit. happened was Mayor Mitchell called us out, and, That's then, true. and then our management told us to do it. That's true, right? <laughs> that's true, right? Because because look, we, we were just taking phone calls, right? It's my, and, and for sometimes that's that's the only thing we can do. But I really think people who are going to be voting on the 6th have to give you a lot of credit you're, you're here in studio with us right now you're you came all the way down from salem you were here for the feast now you're back again i think that really deserves a lot of credit well historic seaports matter there's a lot in common between new bedford and salem and look john mitchell is the biggest cheerleader for new bedford of any resident in this community he's done great work i think trying to build out an economy diversify an economy recognize the history and the strengths and you know work with the state to make sure we're a catalyst for what's happening here new bedford is its own economy right and how do we make sure regionally we're supporting you know uh, the needs of this region in a way that's going to lead to longer term economic prosperity i hope to really be a strong ally of his um, as someone who's been a mayor it can be lonely you know and uh, when you are in a role of governor lieutenant governor i think you have the power of convening to make sure we're thinking about longer term economic prospects and just what's happening in boston and kendall square there are regions that have been key to economic prosperity within their particular areas. And we want to build that back. New Bedford is certainly one of them. Uh, Kim, uh, Mayor, Mayor Driscoll, when you staff out your administration, and that's a very crucial task, will you look for people from the greater New Bedford area to help staff out, the, you know, to help fill out some of the very important roles that people never hear about? 
you know, you know, I think it's key when you're uh, putting together a team, and I, I really do believe like their leadership is not a solo sport. You need a quality, competent group of people around you, and you want them to come from a broad cross section, both geography, you know, geographically, but certainly um, folks who can bring uh, regional sense of what's happening. You know, right. Massachusetts is unique. We have all our nooks and crannies. We want to make sure we understand what the needs are in the ground in New, in the greater New Bedford area. We're speaking with Salem Mayor Kim Driscoll, a candidate for lieutenant governor. Um, uh, Chris, you have any? So just um, one more thing. I know Marcus asked you about the judges, and uh, because that really is one of your major roles, right? Super important. Um, What will be your your strategy for recruiting judges? You know, will you be looking for certain people from certain regions? Because that has been a... Been, and I'm, maybe it's maybe it's something you guys on the North Shore feel as well that you don't get local candidates always to be judges. You know, I think one of the things we need to do is opening up the transparency is really track what we have. What's the foundation right now? Right. Do we do we have too many prosecutors? Do we have lots of folks from you know the Greater New Bedford area that we're not aware of? Right. Uh, do folks know how to apply and how to participate through this judicial nominating committee? It's a little bit of an insider game. So we want to get a foundation of understanding where we're at. And in my mind, you know, you measure things, you, then you get to know how well you're doing. And right. where you need to maybe be more intentional uh, in other areas. So we'd want to get a firm handle on what do we have now, what are our goals moving forward, and how do we achieve them? Um, Mayor Kim Driscoll, thank you for joining us. Once, once, uh, one more time, where can people go to learn more about your campaign? Yeah, you can go to kimdriscoll.org. You can also follow us on all the social media channels at, at Mayor Driscoll. And thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to connect, talk about issues. This is an important time. It's an important election, notwithstanding the beautiful summer that we're all competing with, um, but grateful for a few minutes to share a little bit more about who I am and why I'm excited about this race. I say good luck, but I don't think you need it. <laughs> Thanks you for coming. always need good luck. Th- th- <laughs> thanks for coming in, Mayor Driscoll. Oh, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Vote eight. Uh, I'm Marcus. I'm Chris. Uh, that was fantastic. No, I'm she was great. Why. I mean, Marcus, she was you know, great. Yeah. As we were saying off the air, my reaction to her is depth. She yes. has a lot of depth, right? I mean, we talked to a lot of candidates. We've talked to a lot over the years. Sometimes people have it. Sometimes they don't. You know, yeah. and I'm, I'm saying this coming from a Republican background, but but really, she knows the material about government. She never hesitated. She answered every question. She, by the way, folks, she had no idea what we were going to ask her. Yeah, no, I, she had I, no, no idea. In fact, neither do we. But yeah, right. <laughs> but you know, like in other words, what I asked her about the the tax credits for movies, right? She had a very good answer. She had an I didn't know she had an office in Salem. Um, you know, yeah. and that is something that, as, as we know around here, we've just started kind of getting into that, right? Where they're filming movies in the Fairhaven. Yeah, and, the and movie the office. Area, yeah, right? yeah, right. So the fact that she has a movie office also. She had no idea I was going to ask her that question. I didn't know they had that. I mean, yeah. really. Um, she knows stuff. She knows things. She's thought about because things. The answer, because every question that we asked was pretty specific and she had a specific answer for right, it right and listen i'm telling you I, whereas heard, most people would be like well you know we're looking for all economic solutions <laughs> for everything you know? i've heard them all dance yeah right and she wasn't dancing she yeah. she had real answers she had thought it all out yeah. and um she has real experience yeah i mean i think the um the commonwealth would be good in hand would be would be good in hand with her you know she kind of reminded me of a charlie baker yeah in the sense that she was Really grounded on the issues and nonpartisan. Right. Right. And she, because she said, you know, and I think that's a great. It's not a Republican or Democrat pothole, right? Yeah. Because right. municipal campaigns 
are not uh, we don't actually like you know we, we you know we know Mayor Mitchell's a Democrat right? right but we look at the city council we don't actually necessarily know who's a Republican or a Democrat we don't, we don't. unless you tell us Marcus right. <laughs> yeah, right. so so the um, yeah but really I was very impressed with her and again folks uh, September sixth is the primary it'll be your decision if you're a Democrat or unenrolled you can vote um, but she made the trip all the way down here from Salem. She did make the trip. She was down. She was she physically the, here in the studio. And she's got to go back to Salem now. Right. And that's not close. <laughs> that's not, no, believe that's me, not it's not close. close. Right. So the um, so I would well, say what I'm saying is excellent. What I'm saying is we've asked every candidate to come on. Right. And uh, in the races that we've had. Right. And most of them have shown up. Right. Some of them have not. Right. But most of them have shown up. Most and of them have shown up. And I think you should take note of that. I, I know, look, it's very important to the area. And it, it's part of a larger mission, you know. Um, now, again, you have to do your part. You have to get out and vote. I'm not telling you how to vote or who to vote. But as Mayor Mitchell said today the on, on the Tim Weisberg show, that um, one of the very disappointing parts is that a candidate comes down and spends their time down here in New Bedford, and then you people don't go to the polls. Yeah. I mean, look, the numbers are abysmal. They are. And really... I think it's finally occurring to people in New Bedford. As John was saying today, the mayor was saying today, you have to get out and vote, or otherwise they're not going to pay any attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a competitive, uh, it's a competitive business. Yeah. Um, it's Well, like they're saying, if you go to a city like Quincy that's a similar size, but the vote share is bigger, right? right. That's where people they are going to spend their time and attention. Um, but what I like, again, even uh, I like that, Mayor Driscoll came down because she knew every vote counted in this competitive primary. Right. But uh, I like that she took the time. She came down here from Salem, talked with us uh, for as long as she talked with us, gave really great and specific answers. I mean, clearly someone that's not just been the mayor of Salem for 15 years, right. but been in tune to the, the goings-on of, of, of uh, Massachusetts politics and government for the last 15 years. And look, let me tell you something. You, for those of you out there who are around my age or a little older and were paying attention to the news back in the 80s and the 90s, Chelsea was a disaster. The fact that she parachuted into Chelsea yeah. um, to, uh, to deal with that literally a hole of corruption. I mean, the entire police department, I think, went to prison. They had Hella's Cafe with it, where they were doing the money laundering. I mean, just yeah. absolute insanity. What was going on in Chelsea? Um, Jim Carlisle was the, um, or Jim Carlin was the one that Weld put in charge of an insurance executive from Wellesley. He put, he made him receiver of the city, and they turned that city around. But the fact that she was on the ground, that's real experience. You're not going to see anywhere else. Yep. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, uh, you know, you have uh, opponents that are on uh, on Beacon Hill but I think the way that they I think the way that she's she's uh, pitching it is that you already have a governor that's going to be on uh, from from Beacon Hill and sort of the Boston uh, the culture the Boston culture of it. Someone with a municipal experience, uh, someone with the municipal experience has a better idea of how um, you know how things work down here in New Bedford, Fairhaven, uh, how the you know how the the intricacies of municipal government work and what it really takes to get things done on that level. Because like you know like like. Um, I, if you're in a, if you're in the legislature, and our legislatures do good work, sure for for sure. But you can go, okay, yeah. Well, I'm filing this legislation that says, you know, everything, you know, that says uh, that says this. But if you're the mayor, it's like, are you going to fill this pothole? Are you going to fix this? Are you going to put this stop sign up? Are you going to do this? All that stuff has to get done. It's the most local. I and we've been talking about it. It's the whole point of the show. Local politics 
is what matters most. The local politics is what matters most. It's what affects your day-to-day life the most. And I'll tell you what, she obviously has seen up front the damage that corruption can do to a municipality. Yeah. I mean, the, re- the reality of it, as she mentioned, they had, they had economic flight out of Chelsea. People did not want to invest in Chelsea because he had to commit a bribe to do it. I mean, right. it was a horror show. And yeah. the fact that she was a young lawyer... And um, and walked through the door and said, "I'm going to join, sign yeah. up for this." I mean, this that's an incredible thing. I mean, it's a dangerous city. Yeah, I'm a lawyer. I didn't really want to do that. I you wouldn't want, want to do that, that right? <laughs> no. Right? And I mean, I mean, they were. She was nose to nose with really corrupt people, and um, that's an experience that you can't have anywhere else. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We're actually just closing out on the. Uh, the second hour, um, the podcast of the second hour will be up very shortly. We're doing we're doing real time podcasts now on South Coast tonight. So as soon as the hour is over, you can uh, you can find the podcast. But of course, you're going to listen all the way through ten anyway. So I guess it won't matter much for you. But we're going to do real time podcast updating. We're going to talk about all the other goings on in the South Coast and in the Commonwealth. So stay tuned for the third and final hour of the night.